The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome to Brutal Nation. The podcast series is dedicated to lesser-known serial killers and acts of true crime. I'm your host, the Big Scott Alexander. Yay! And right across... Big is right. Oh, you're a dick. I know. I, that look meant something derogatory. You can kiss my fat ass. How about that, yeah? Right across from me is the lesser-known... Uh, just, just Tammy Underwood. Say hi, <laughs> I suppose. It's just Tammy. Tammy Underwood. Yeah, that's, a, that's just Tammy. Whatever. Whatever, dude. Whatever. Klaus and Dieter don't like you. Just saying. Klaus and Dieter can kiss my ass. How's that? They won't because you won't accept your relationship to Adolf Hitler. I refuse. (laughs) So, go ahead. Never mind. We can talk about this later. (laughs) No, I'll tell you straight. That's how I looked it up. I'm looking at it right now. It's in the right file. Okay. I'm okay. looking at it right now, and there's nothing in my Truro Murders file. That's fucking bizarre. Anyway, all right. So today, boys and girls, we're going back to Australia, the land down under, mate, <clears throat> for what is known as the Truro Murders. I had an opening thought to this, but I forgot to put, type it in. So guess what, boys and girls? You don't get an opening thought. Sorry. In April of 1978, a couple set out to go mushroom picking near the swamps that were in Brushland, South Australia. Bill, and, Bill Thomas and his wife Valda discovered what they thought was the bone of a cow's leg while they searched for mushrooms. So looking around, they said, hey, look, mate, there's a cow leg over there. <laughs> yeah, That's not accurate. No, yeah, okay. whatever. So a few days later, Valda thought about it a little bit, and she convinced Bill to go back to where they had found the, the leg bone and kind okay. of take, take a little bit of a closer look. That's where they made a horrific discovery. They found the bone, uh, you know, that, that they'd seen. Okay. And they get up close and personal, and they notice that their shoelaces and the skin of a foot with painted toenails uh, connected to that bone. So it's a human bone. I found it. It's, not, it's in our whole drive. It's not in the Brutal Nation folder. But oh, go on. Oops. I told you it was somewhere in there. The police found more bones and clothes and bloodstains that were nearby, uh, right around the place where you know Thomas and his wife Valda found that bone leg. Okay. Bone leg, leg bone. Jesus Christ. Connected to the hip bone. Well, right now I'm connected to the moron bone apparently because I can't <laughs> fucking read. Sister, <laughs> bye. There we go. The re- the remains were later found uh, to belong to 18 year old Veronica Knight. There's very little evidence, though, of foul play. So her death was thought to just be a case of, hey, she got lost and she died from dehydration. You're talking South Australia, pretty dry, right? Pretty. Not pretty, just pretty dry. That's what I meant. (laughs) Go on. Anyway, she was reported missing right around Christmas time in 1976. We're talking like two years later, right? Okay. And she lived on Adelaide Street, which was in Adelaide. Right. South Australia. Don't be confused with North Australia. So about a year later, the police found the remains of 16-year-old Sylvia Pittman. And that was on April 15th of 79. Okay. Uh, there was a strong leak between, uh, leak, link. 
Jesus. There's a strong link between these two girls uh, that were found, uh, as well as five other missing women that were missing in the Adelaide area of South Australia. The two that they had found were both uh, in the Turo Swamp area. That's why they're called the Truro Swamp, you know, the Truro Murders. Got it. Eleven days later, a search was conducted by the Truro, of the Truro Swamp area, and they found the remains of two of the five women that had been considered missing. Okay. Those women were Vicki Howell and Connie Lordenites, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Lordenites, L-O-R-D-A-N-I-D-E-S. Maybe. <laughs> so let's talk about our perps. The perp. I don't like saying perpetrator anymore. I feel more like a detective or a cop. The suspect. Let me tell you about the pups. <laughs> like from the good old days. <laughs> from the good old days. Back in 49 when I was a street cop. As you're smoking your cigarette. <laughs> I was perps. a street cop in Boston. And that's <laughs> why I learned. I put the pups in the car. They, would, they all had, you know, I had to find my khakis. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> My wayward son. Christopher Worrell was 23 years old and described as a young man who was a charismatic psychopath. His lover, his name was James Miller, and he was 38 years old. Uh, and he was a guy who did uh, labor jobs and was described more of a, he was a drifter. Okay. They met when they were in prison together. Go figure, prison love going on there. Guess what? One of them dropped the soap a lot. <laughs> Yay, me. So Miller was in for breaking and entering, and Rural was in for rape and violation of probation. So okay. it's a pretty night and day charges right there. So after they were released, they formed what's called a dominant and submissive relationship with each other. You know, which is common in our group killing, you know, our group. Our Tuesday killings. Yeah, oftentimes. So if, if you guys don't know what a sexual dominant submissive relationship is, just please just Google it because yeah, it's way too much to get into. Yeah, right I could explain it, but that's like that. That'd make this a 10 hour show. Well, and then, then it plays into the dominant submissive as far as the dynamics of the killing relationship, too. Correct. You know, so, very much yeah. correct. So anyway, they both lived to, uh, lived and they both worked together as well. Oh, wow. So they like couldn't get away from each other. Oh, yeah. So check this out. Whirl would let Miller do sexual sexual acts on him while he read magazines that featured BDSM as well as other pornographic material too. But the main right. thing was BDSM. And that's why I said if you don't know about BDSM or dominant yeah. submissive, look it up. Yeah, we don't have enough time. Scotty's not your mommy or your daddy. I'm not going to sit down and have the birds and bees talk with you. As I read that Whirl also preferred women to men, so after a while, the sex acts had just totally stopped. And it was about the time that Rural got himself a girlfriend. And the couple were more like brothers than lovers at this point. So it was amicable, you know? And it was like, okay, you went on. You like women now. Now we're just we're, we're, we're friends. So you, you work through your gay phase. Pretty much. And okay. it's like, I used to like to suck dick, but now I want to well, lick no, nipples. Well, so. I know for a fact that you used to call it gay for the state, you know? You're gay while you're in there, blah, blah, blah. Really? Tell us more about your time. No. Oh, no. That's a. Although I did kiss a girl and liked it. We can have a whole podcast about weird sexual stuff. I'm telling you. Do you have anything to drink over there? I need to take my 
heartburn. Um, rest of my diet Pepsi. On February 19th of 1977, Whirl and his girlfriend were killed in a car wreck. But Miller survived the accident. Wow. Miller became depressed and at, at the loss of his girlfriend, of his friend, uh, and soon became homeless as well. Wow. So, yeah, his depression took him way down that fucked up rabbit hole. At Whirl's funeral, a former girlfriend had told Miller that Whirl had a blood clot in his brain. Wow. So this prompted Miller to confess to the killings that both Whirl and himself had committed. Wow. Yeah, so you got to kind of, uh, you know, imagine the distress that Miller's in at this point. Somebody who was his lover but now is really just his best friend. Right. Has died, and now he's found out from a former girlfriend of his, his ex-lover and best friend that, hey, you know, dude had a blood clot in his brain. So Miller told her that the blood clot would explain Whirl's moods and his fascination for thrill killing. Okay. In May of 1979, Amelia, that was her name, I believe. Yeah, Amelia, that was her name, uh, collected a $30,000 reward for leading the police right to Miller. Oh, okay. So Amelia had said that she had not come forward sooner because she thought there was really no real proof to Miller's story that, that he had told her. Um, whether she knew that it was true or, you know, just something he made up. Right. Uh, and after all, you know, Whirl, Whirl, he was already dead and gone. Right. It was only after reading about the murders in the newspaper that Amelia actually came forward. Because keep in mind, there's two years between the, the time that two, the first two were found. Right. So we're talking, this is a few years after that. Right. And now they've got bodies turning up. Yeah. Now they're like popping up like flies. Exactly. Popping up like the Mexicans next door. That was not necessary. Sorry. They just, they irritate me. Not, not, I'm going to clarify. Not all Mexicans. No. Just specifically the ones who live next door. Yes. Can't stand them. And I would say the white people next door, if they were white. Had it not been for her, the killings may have never gotten solved. So the police arrested Miller and took him in. You're coming with me, kid, downtown. They had an Australian accent. Oh, you're coming with me, mate, downtown <laughs> to Adelaide. Is that better? Not much? Okay. Not much at all. Because I'm still stuck with Dieter and Klaus. I know you are. They want to talk about this all day and all night and think that they're Jews. So, <laughs> so when, anyway, when he, when he was questioned, he originally denied the killings, but later he said that Amelia uh, did what he should have really done, which has okay. come forward. Um. Miller was then driven to Truro, Truro, Truro. That's it, which is in uh, Port Gawler, G-A-W-L-E-R, uh, and to Wingfield, yeah, and to Wingfield. Ooh, there we go. Where he led the police to three more bodies that were dumped with Whirl. Wow. So how many total? Oh shit! You would ask me that. I have to do the maths, and I didn't do the maths. So there you go. Okay. Miller kept visiting the grave of both Whirl and his girlfriend, Whirl's girlfriend, um, until he was taken into custody. A year after their deaths, he posted a few paragraphs in the Adelaide Advisor, which read, quote, Whirl, Christopher Robin, memories of, of a close friend who died 12 months ago this week. Your friendship, thoughtfulness, and kindness, Chris, 
will always be remembered by me, mate. Might. What will come Seven. after? What will come after death? As I pray, we meet again. Pretty heartfelt there. So you know, he was still missing him. So that explains a lot about his mindset. Yeah, kind of. And a lot, a lot of different things. You know, a lot of depression going he on. Care, here. He cared for this person like deeply. He loved him. Yeah. You know, not. not I'm not saying loved him as a lover anymore. No, but but loved sure him as there a best still friend. Some of that in there. Yeah. You know, but then, yeah, that carried on to the love of a best friend. And, you know, there's there is a deep connection there. I have a right. best friend and I care for her deeply. You're pointing at me. What do you think I'm going to say? I don't want to hear it. That's all I know. OK, I'm going to continue. Meow. <laughs> all the victims were strangled and they suspected that the last victim, whose name was Lamb, was buried alive. Oh, shit. Yeah. A criminologist by the name of Paul Wilson said that he felt that the murders would have continued if World had not been killed in a car accident, which makes sense. They probably yeah. would have because World had that fascination with thrill killing. Yeah. So it would have either been car crash or that blood clot would have killed him. But, you know, if either it would, way, either way, that it would have continued as long. Yeah, as until could. he died. He went on to say that they might have progressed. Um, as time went on, and had they continued, which is true, we see that in, in a lot of our serial killers. A lot. Uh, there, there's always, 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 100% of the time, a progression, whether yes. it be in method, or it be in viciousness. Right. Or, or frequency. I was going to say, or frequency, yes. Or broader victim pull. Yeah. But there's always a progression in one way or another. True. He made this claim because Whirl was following the path of other known serial killers with a cooling off period getting shorter and shorter, as we just said. Miller had told his girlfriend that things were getting worse and worse at the end as it is probably a good thing that Chris died. And when, he, when, when I say girlfriend, I'm, when he said girlfriend, I'm not sure if they're talking about his because I thought he was just gay, but anyway, um, or Whirl's former girlfriend. Okay. Miller stood trial for the murders and was convicted of six of the seven. See, I would have answered your question later. Yeah, well, I answered it already. Was convicted of six of the seven killings. He was not convicted for the first uh, murder of Veronica Knight. The The conviction came even though they could not prove that he actually touched any of the victims. Wow. Yeah, it's going to get good. Don't worry. And it might be relatively short, but it, I, I like this one because it's out of Australia. My next one's out of Australia, too. So. I know. I'm hitting the land down under, man. You, you are hitting the because land down Because I want to make sure that the Australians hate me next. Well, they're going to. No. <laughs> I want to get Australian emails. Yeah. All that hate mail. Now, the trial of this horrific story of killings came out. So okay. So that's when the story came out, Okay. Miller and Whirl would drive around the streets in Whirl's 1969 Plymouth Valiant station wagon. What a chick magnet. Searching for women that Whirl could have sex with. Whirl was a young, 23-year-old, good-looking, charismatic guy. So he had really no problems finding ladies to fill that need. After picking up a girl, Miller would then drive them to a secluded area where Whirl would have sex with them. Most of the time after tying them up. It's a little BDSM still, which I can't fault him for that. I, you know, people who like BDSM aren't necessarily all serial killers. No. After the deed was done, Miller would then drive them back and drop the girls off. 
As time went on, however, the pickups would become more and more terrifying. On a few occasions, Whirl raped some of the girls who refused to go with him, and after a while, he began to murder them. Wow. Miller was not aware that these girls would be killed prior to picking them up. He, he attempted at one... Uh, well, he, he admitted that as time went on, he became fearful of Whirl. Miller's fear of Whirl uh, would only increase only over time. Miller maintained, maintained that they can give him life for knowing about the killings and not reporting them. Okay. He, went, he went on to say, but they charged me with murder. It's a load of bullshit. Miller argued that he never was directly involved in, in the murders and didn't know, didn't know about them prior to going out cruising for women or even agreeing to murdering. He was still found guilty of the murders as part of being a joint criminal enterprise. Okay. He was present at the crime scenes and helped dispose of the bodies. At the trial, one of the jurors hired an attorney to petition to get Miller a retrial, which made sense since the judge, Mr. Justice Matheson, that was his name, Justice Matheson. What a great name for a judge. It, it, the only way it would be even better if his name was like Justice Lawman. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like something like that. Yeah. Or Justice Six Gun. <laughs> That's a fucking cowboy name going on there. That God was damn. a cowboy name. No, even Justice Matheson. That sounds like something that you'd find in an old Clint Eastwood Western yeah. or something like that. You know, going, we're going to take him in to see John, Justice Matheson. Justice Matheson. You'll get the gallows for this. <laughs> Anywho's. This, this judge had instructed the jury to find Mr. Miller guilty of murder. That's why they petitioned for the retrial. Gotcha. They petitioned the Attorney General, Chris Schumer, but their request was denied, and there was no retrial for Miller. Okay, so basically the judge told the jury, find him guilty. Yes. And okay. they're, they're, uh So I see the basis for the appeal. Yeah, and their Attorney General, which is this Chris Schumer guy, said, no. We don't give a fuck. Fuck yeah. this guy. Which is kind of, that's pretty fucked up. Kind of is a little. So, you could go in there, fucking South Australia. I mean, South you kind of like, you know, that yeah. like negates the justice system right there. You could go in there, uh, Attorney General Chris Schumer. That's uh, mighty white of you. Scott. What? I'm assuming with a name like Chris Schumer, he's not Aborigines. That is not what I'm trying to say. What? What did I do this time? Just, we'll talk later, Scott. Is it because I said, good job, Australia? No. Mighty white of you? Yes. Okay. Not an appropriate phrase. Fine. Assuming with a name like Chris Schumer, I you're white. I understand. It still wasn't an appropriate phrase. Because that doesn't sound like a fucking Aborigines name to me that would make him black. You know, then it'd be like, right on, my brother. Right still on. Still was it appropriate. Or Aborigines, which is blah, 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 whatever the fuck they speak. Again, not appropriate. Sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> now you guys know what I go through. I love seeing you cringe. It's great. I know you do. Following the trial and later uh, in his incarceration, Miller petitioned for a non-parole period of 35 years. So what that means in Australia is you have a period of time of which you must serve out. 
Right. So if they say life in prison with a non-parole period of 10 years, that means the minimum that you can serve is 10, is 10 years. But after 10 years, <coughs> then you can apply for parole. For, 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 for parole. Okay. And I've actually heard it go as far as like, um, let's say like life in prison with a non-parole period of 10 years plus 10 years of probation. Okay. So that means if you're paroled. You have 10 years of probation. You got 10 years of probation on top of that. So keep your nose clean for like basically the rest of your fucking life. Pretty much. Because if not, we're going to throw you in prison and then you're going to be fucked even more. But, you know, no one might like that. Just saying, dropping the thump. Anyway, this was said under the new law that granted it. That was okay. the non-parole period, okay? It was, approved by, uh, it was approved, which made him eligible for parole in 2014. Okay. On October, 1st, 20, uh, October 21st, 2008, however, Miller died from liver failure from complications oh. of having hepatitis C. How sad. He never made it to the, t- uh, to the time where he could actually be paroled. Oh. He also suffered from prostate cancer as well as lung cancer. And wow. at the time of his death, he was, the one, he was one of the longest serving prisoners in that state. Wow. And you'll be surprised at this one. I actually listed my references at the bottom. Job. I'm so proud. Me too. Mom's kind of proud. <laughs> Is your mom? No, me. Oh, I thought you. I am proud. Your mom, because yeah. <laughs> Why did your screen go dark? Because I just went back over to the uh, recording program. Oh, gotcha. Out of one like, program into another. Oh, no question. Am I that? Me? Am I that? We're gonna get to the questions, oh. but am I that? Am I that fucking white that you can tell when my <laughs> screen changes? I can tell because it's like the. Reflect. I can, you know. And you realize this is like as dark as I get because we're coming out of You're summer. Like whitewashed right now. <laughs> we're coming out of summer. This is my tan. <laughs> my tan is most people's. Like, oh my god, I am so white. I'm I like, can't wait for summer. <laughs> I can't wait for summer till I tan. This is my tan. No, because it was like with the white screen. You're kind of whitewashed. I mean, I don't know. It's really when white. I'm naked. No albinos look at me and go dude what the fuck is wrong with you you're white yeah Yeah, it's bad so let's talk about our two boys it's gonna be a a a tough question because we don't have on a lot on their childhood but nature or nurture i kind of have my opinions but i picked it out from reading between the lines yeah i mean Going off the fact that they both had criminal histories prior to getting together, which means there's a history of criminality. Correct. I am going to say nurture. I got nurture for Miller. Okay. But given the propensity for such violent yeah, acts. Yeah, he, uh, he, he was in there for rape and all that other shit. Worrell for, was... Yeah, probably I'm pretty nature. sure that's nature going yeah. on with that motherfucker. I didn't think about that until you said it. Maybe a combination of nurture, too, because we don't know about his childhood. Maybe he was molested and raped as a child. Maybe they lived uh, next to a Catholic uh, school and uh, Father O'Malley touched him. Hypothetically speaking, if Catholics, you know, did things like molest children or anything... I mean, hypothetically, because they would never do that. Your silence speaks droves. That is why you're not coming 
to my house. Oh, I am. In November. For Sausage Fest. No. No, you're not. Maybe I'll show some of the nuns my sausage. Please do not even. I can't take you there, Scott. But guess who my date is. Okay, I cannot take you there because, A, I will get arrested right along with you. But my date is your mom. No. <laughs> so do you think that the killings would have actually continued? Oh, yeah. In? Without a doubt. Why? Because he was showing a progression anyways. He, I mean, he went from raping to killing to burying somebody alive. Yeah. There was a progression there. There is, I mean, once the, pro, I mean, it's a known fact that the progression, you know, the steady progression and everything, they will not stop unless you make them stop, it, which is either A, they die or B, you catch them. Yeah, correct. Yeah. I, I would, I would agree with that. Do you think that World's girlfriend that he died in the crash with would have been in danger in the future? Possibly, yes. Yeah. Because yes. now, you know, and I, in my head, it would go down like this. Like maybe she's, you know, on her, on her monthly. She's got cramps, man. And the last thing she wants to do is do anything since she's uncomfortable. You know, it's, it's a Talks back time. a little bit. Talks back a little bit. No, because we, oh, no, women never get bitchy when they're on their monthly ever. Oh, bitch. I, I would all the time. I ain't going to lie. Yeah, and I, I can see him turning I would, that around. I would curl up in the fetal position and dare somebody to talk to me. Well, I can see that progression going as yeah. far as to where he, you know, because now there's a need at play and somebody told him no. Right. And him pursuing that. Yeah. Most definitely so. Yeah, because he was the dominant in the dominant submissive one, isn't he? Yes. I think so. I can't remember what I just read. It, I mean, because that's the impression I was getting because you said he let Miller have sex. Oh, yeah, then that would be it. So, yeah, he therefore, was the he was the dominant one because he, he gave the guy permission to have sex with him. Correct. You know, so, yeah. So, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Because um, I don't see that him giving up that dominant. So, now, they found bodies in two different areas. Right. Okay. Do you think that his... um hunting ground so to speak or his disposal area would have increased or would probably he, or and would he have found something more comfortable as a body dump i was gonna say i don't know if it would increase i think because this is just it i think that he dumps a certain amount in certain areas and then change that area why because not as much attention would be drawn to that area and that makes sense. I mean, if you're dumping like 10 bodies or you have 10 bodies that are in a, oh, I don't know, like we're, we're, we're about to feature 10 bodies in a, you know, or eight bodies in a, in fucking barrels. Right. In one place. See, and that's just it. Okay. So you have two bodies here. You have four bodies here. They're not necessarily going to attribute those four bodies to these two bodies. Right. Well, actually you, you have three, you I mean? have three different locations. Okay. Right. But I'm just saying. You had the swamp, you had Brushland, and then you had. Right. Uh, an, another place that right. he had led so him to. One person's MO, I mean, they're probably thinking at first before somebody came forward that it's two different killers. Yeah. If you have somebody dumping in a swamp, it's not going to dump in the brushlands. Right. Or they could be thinking that, you know, well, the first one they thought was dehydration. Okay. But, you know, so they, they might be thinking that these other bodies are just totally different killers. Like, hey, it could just be a coincidence that, that, this, this girl and this girl were dumped in the same place as the swamps. Kind of an obvious place to dump a body. Right. 
type of a thing. So yeah, there, it, it does add that very a nice variable to it. It does a, a really nice variable to kind of throw off the the methodology that most police departments use to solve crimes. Exactly. Because you know you find the pattern. Yeah. And if you find the pattern, you'll find that killer. Exactly. Because people are creatures of habit. Yeah. So if they switch it up, like Beavis and Butthead, <laughs> then, Luke you is know, a tool. Yeah. God, it's I love like them. harder to catch them. I was talking to, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Wilco in Redmond, Oregon. Uh, you have uh, Wally is one of the, uh, uh, name's Wallace, but he's uh, one of the forklift operators and he unloads my trailers, right? Um, I tailgate it and he unloads it. Him and Tristan, who is, uh, I dealt with him in Bend, Oregon. Okay. Great guy. So we're talking about the show, right? I said, you guys got to check out Lucas and Tool. Uh, we call them the Beavis and Butthead of serial yeah. killing because at first I was feeling sorry for their victims and then by the end I'm sitting there going how uh, these two are idiots how the fuck do you get killed by these how people do you do it? I don't get it I mean in my head I seriously look at me hey Beavis let's go kill this lady yeah 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 let's kill her I'm sorry what did you say we're gonna kill you yeah because I got a boner okay let me go with you because what's the worst thing that can happen <laughs> Fuck. No, I mean, totally, totally. God, yeah. I love them. <laughs> I love them, too, only because they're outrageous claims. Right. It's like, are you serious right now? You really think that we're going to believe oh you my killed God. Jimmy Hoffa? Yeah. Lu- <laughs> it was Lucas, right? Yeah. No, Tool. Uh, yeah, Lucas. Lu- Lu- Lucas yeah, with the Lucas outrageous claim. Yeah. And then, then Tool jumps in, you know, with yeah. his, like, um, yeah, okay, so I killed, like, two Martians, and <laughs> I, I, I assassinated yeah. a king, and they're buried over here? And they're like, dude, we're, so somebody already did <laughs> that. Done brother we we, we did that already yeah. or that one time when he confessed to killing that woman and they already had the guy in there that they proved killed her and yeah. he's like oh well i guess if you say i didn't i didn't yeah if you said i didn't kill her i guess i didn't kill her yeah not. they look like fucking hillbillies too it's great <laughs> they did they are the epitome when you think of hillbillies like from deliverance yeah yeah, and the fucking people who are always on the news after a tornado down south. <laughs> oh, my God. I can so see them both coming out of a trailer, sitting there going, all right, here's what we saw. What did we say? We thought it was a UFO, all right, because Billy May's house flew over ours. And it crashed over yonder. It hit my El Camino in the weeds. I forgot it was there, but I was going to fix it up. That's what I was going to do. And it really sucked because she borrowed my weed whacker, and it's in that trailer. I bet she's destroyed now. <laughs> Bitch, you better grab me another damn weed whacker. Asteroid, not destroyed. Asteroid. Asteroid. <laughs> <laughs> <Ustroid. laughs> I knew it. <laughs> you knew what I was talking about. <laughs> Like, come on, we gotta go make sweet love, okay? Come on, Lucas. <laughs> oh my god, I can't stop. Because <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> now that I've scrambled your brains with no. Beavis and Butthead, you have any other questions? No, I actually have no questions. I just, <laughs> this know. one was pretty self-explanatory. It kind of was. I mean, what's sad to me though is that the depression this man had was so severe after his friend died that he was like, I'm going to turn myself in. Yeah. You know? He would have never... T- I don't believe they that he They probably would've... never would have associated him with any of it. No, and I'm, I'm fairly sure that because he would have... Because he said there was no evidence that he had touched the bodies. Yeah. I don't think that he would have turned Whirl in 
no matter the body count. Like seriously, they, no matter what. No, I think that even if it went on for years and years, and they were into the hundreds. Yeah, no, he, I don't see him doing that either. Like the Tammy Wynette song "Stand By Your Man." That's exactly what he was doing. I think that he had a deep love for him, um, whether he was dating women or not. Right. Um, and not like I said, not just as a lover, but as a brother. Yeah. You know, as, as a very bestest friend. As his bestest friend. That's right. I mean, there's things that we would do with our bestest friend that, you know, shit. And my butt was never the same. <laughs> I love that look on your Does face. Does Brandon know? <laughs> I'm gonna do that next time I'm hanging out with Brandon. I dropped the soap. <laughs> Isn't he the one that is so afraid? Very homophobic. I mean, not homophobic that he doesn't like them, but he's afraid that you know. Yeah, he was he was terrified of my former drummer, who was yeah. a crossdresser. It was great. Yeah, it was fantabulous. This is the best time I ever had. <laughs> yeah. So. All right, so we're going to wrap this one up. Yeah. yeah. No, it's short. I know. Don't cry. Don't cry. Maybe we'll be back, back tomorrow. tomorrow. <clears throat> Remember, you can send us an email telling me how much you absolutely love me for picking on Australia. And Australians, you can tell me how much you hate me for picking on Australians. Um, I told you I pick on every race, by the way, in every country. It you doesn't do. matter. White, black, Asian, Indian. Uh, you could be a sea serpent. I don't care. I will pick on you. It's just what I do. I do it out of love. If I Male, pick, female, animal. Other. Other. <laughs> yeah. It's because I do it out of love because I love our listeners. If I didn't pick on y'all, it would mean that I don't care. Okay? All right. All right. Send us that email at brutalnation at twistedbluellc.com. Check out the website at www.com. TwistedBlueLLC.com. Do us a little favor poo. If you're going to shop on Amazon, click on that. You like that favor poo? Yeah. yeah. Click on that Amazon link that we provide for you on our site. And remember that it is becoming, we're getting a mobile app developed right now. And we the, the website's getting redeveloped. Wait, it is getting revamped. Yes. We're getting ready for all that to come together with some new exciting stuff for you. Um, what else? Oh, check us, check out our blog pages. We're on Vocal Media, Hub Pages, and Medium. And on Medium, they have a thing called Crime Beat. We got picked up for them as well. Just search for at Brutal Nation. We'll come right up. You get a lot more information in there. You don't have to deal with all my bullshit. Um, it basically, is, it's a lot of good inf- more information without listening to me rant and make jokes. And True. You get all the facts without the fluff. Without dropping the soap. Without hearing about Lucas and Tool going, it flew over my house like a UFO. <laughs> Anyways, you get all the facts. You better no buy me a brand new weed whacker, Mary Bell. <laughs> Whatever. I'm in charge of those, so, you know. <laughs> I'm just saying. This show, it's copyrighted 2021 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved. We'll talk to you all later. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.